I just wanted to ask is what is the purpose of our uh, like what what are we supposed to do listening to the word every day or how are to change our life apart from our personal life changes in the society what are we supposed to do it's a good question we should all be asking in fact i was thinking of asking or talking about that what's our purpose of life today okay right. yeah so yeah that's the right question what are we supposed to do with all this word of god and knowledge which we are getting <clears throat> definitely like you mentioned first of all for our personal life because sometimes sometimes there is this notion at least this is my uh, my opinion that people say that uh, you should suffer like immediately when we come to christ everybody thinks that suffering is a part of christian life and i don't quite understand from the very beginning why would any loving father would like his daughters and sons to suffer to prove something right any loving father would rather if possible if there is an alternative way of giving them what they want they would he wouldn't like them to suffer um so christ suffered for us right by in the bible it says christ suffered for us so that we won't suffer he became man so that we became we will regain the godliness with us he decided to give up his image and likeness to god the father and came down as a in flesh so that we will regain the image and likeness which we lost in garden of eden he took all the suffering on that cross in his stripes he gained our healing so everything we lost everything which we never had or in our life he wanted us to have it back that's why christ came he took all the sin he took all the authority away from the kingdom of darkness and restored it to us he restored it to himself and then he said okay you guys are in me now you it's your authority see the reason why god gave christ is because he loves him loves us so much he's a loving father heavenly father he wants us to have the best life possible in this world and in eternity so that's my take on it and that's what i have i, I always believe and that's what i see in my life and i cannot fit our heavenly father into a different definition that he will allow suffering to happen Sufferings are part of our life, but that's not the will of God. I'm not saying that when you are in Christ, there won't be any suffering. Like we know that in the parable of Jesus Himself said, "You can build your home in two ways: on a foundation built on rock, or you can build it on a sand." Yeah. Both of them, both of the houses built on Jesus and in the sand or in the worldly thing, both had to go through the same kind of issues. both have to go through the same natural disaster both face the same thing so it kind of tells us when we are in this fallen world it's same for everyone regardless whether you believe in christ or whether you don't believe in christ you have you may have to go through the same some kind of suffering some kind of trials but the one who was built on christ survived the issues the trials the natural disasters couldn't bring down that house the same way that means when we are in christ when we are having a strong foundation in christ we will withstand all this we will not fall down right we, the suffering may come but us but we will be victorious we are not going to be bogged down by the suffering we will not be put down by the sickness which comes at us we will not be bogged down by the financial issues which comes at us it comes to everyone in the world because the world it's cannot controlled by god so for personally yes understanding believing in christ and understanding the spiritual mysteries which god gave us is first of all god wants us to have it for our personal life that's why jesus said when you seek the kingdom i will take care of your stuff so he wants us to and he also reminds us do not worry about tomorrow look at the birds look at look into the flowers and plants they don't worry about tomorrow no bird will will not fall asleep or stay awake in the bed thinking about what's going to happen tomorrow 
only humans does they will peacefully sleep because they know that there is a provider next day definitely they are going to go out and seek food and there will be food given to him that's the trust so jesus reminds us you are much more than those birds you are much more valuable than those birds and animals and any other creation you are the ultimate creation you are the image of god you are our uh, you are uh, the sons and daughters of the most high why how much more would you be taken care of if you build the foundation in christ so when we are building our foundations our lives in this world in the when whatever we are doing it definitely is going to impact our personal life in all aspects even in the worldly <coughs> issues we will be protected so that's one priority but that's not the reason why we are seeking jesus though that's a i would say a side effect or just being in the kingdom of god being in the realm of uh, god sickness won't exist in a kingdom of god in a king in, in a kingdom working the god's rule is there no sickness will be there no uh, nothing uh, no bad stuff can happen there so being placing ourselves and our family in the kingdom of god makes sense in that way that we will be protected from all this stuff that's why psalm 91 everything is says right the the one who is next to the most high one who is dwelling in the shadow of the most high which means he is next to the most high next to god so so that the shadow of god will fall upon him or someone who is always making sure that his life and his family everything in and around him is being kept in the kingdom of god where the king is ruling that's where he is going to have shelter such people will enjoy everything which is mentioned in that psalm even though many will die on the right side and left side they will not be having any harm because they are in the kingdom of god so in that way yes definitely for our personal life and our family all that it it's a natural effect of being in the kingdom of god but we don't seek god for that security we seek god so that Jesus. we will be one with him so the second question comes once you understand um jesus christ once we understand the spiritual mysteries what are we going to do with the rest of our life that's a question very personal to everyone we can look back to the bible and understand what people did in our similar situation what did for example saint paul did after he was after figuring out everything about god called yahweh of the old testament he was the most educated young jewish guy who knew 10 commandments not just 10 commandments or 400 plus commandments and everything about jewish history he had the highest education possible under uh, rabbi gamaliel so most likely like he's having a phd in the old testament scriptures why because he was so eager about figuring out god to be even with him in that <coughs> so in in that zealous life he thought there was a cult formed by certain people who who started believing in jesus christ so he re he really thought it was a cult fighting against the real god yahweh and the old testament that's why he went after them but then once he realized jesus christ was the messiah promised what did he do with his life what did every saint everyone who in our christendom in our church history those who found christ what did they do with their life i would say most of them considered their life as nothing and started spreading the gospel in whatever they way they can because they understood this is of high value then they wanted to have their the treasure they found they wanted it to be shared to their brothers and sisters so that they will also get this treasure so that's what most of the people did and that's what i would think we would do right if we found like if you are loving somebody like i remember when i was a child i was in kerala long i, I lived in a village 
I was born and brought up in a very remote village in Kerala. My parents were teachers. So we didn't have the luxury of so much money. We had bare minimum. Uh, but my parents took care of everything. I never had any, I mean, I, we were not uh, without food or anything. But we didn't have the luxury. For example, we will have maybe meat. We'll buy beef once in two months or something. That's a luxury, right? We cannot afford that. So whenever my mom or dad, when they get something, they were school teachers. So when there is something in the school, it's a school, not, not a big school, it's like a local government school. So sometimes there's a staff meeting or something, they will get some sweets, some local sweets. They will bring home whatever they got and give it to us. Why did they give it to us? They could have had, they could have had it. But the reason why is like they love us. So whatever they get, they want to share. So that, that brings more happiness than eating that sweet. So similarly, I think we should reach a point where sharing Jesus Christ brings more happiness to our life than enjoying him by ourselves. Anyone who really know came to know Jesus Christ cannot sit at home. That's why I think in Bible, in the Old Testament, I think it's Jeremiah, right? He was saying, I'm not going to say anything about any more prophecy. I'm done with you, Lord. He complains all that. And then he said, I cannot stop doing that. It's in me. It's me. It's it's actually making me so sick that I cannot share. I want to share. I cannot contain it. Uh, so I think when we start, or we, when we get filled, we will overflow. Right? That's the natural process. We will start overflowing to others. So that I think Jesus also wants that. That's why he said, anyone who believes in me, the rivers of streams of living water will come out of him for others. Uh, everything Jesus did was for us. And once we come to know Jesus, we will start giving Jesus Christ to others in whatever way possible. For each, So that's a question personally we should ask. What am I going to do with my life, the rest of my life? Maybe until today, Jesus has blessed us with many things. Some people have talents, some people have money, some people have, I don't know, different things. So what am I going to do with the rest of the days in my life? Uh, which, because uh, I keep saying that, the what's the biggest or the most precious thing in our life? It is not money, it is time. Right? We cannot get back time time which we are spending in the Zoom meeting, we can never get it back. We cannot add anything to our, our time to our life. We can get back money. We can get back whatever we lost. But the, one, the time is lost, it's gone. So the time which I have in my this earthly journey, we should be spending it wisely. Once we know Christ, once we know the ultimate treasure in this world, we should find ways to share it. Now, Joe, but, uh, yeah. I want you to talk about Ephesians 6, 10. Okay, what is it? The armor of God. The armor of God. The whole yeah, armor. Definitely we okay, that's a spiritual warfare topic. Yes. I've been yeah. listening, doing it, yeah, so... But I would like to hear what your take on it. Today I haven't prepared much, so let's have casual conversations, yeah. Uh, our of God is like when we come to God and uh, we see in our life, uh, like you said, uh, when we come closer to God, you know, Satan is always behind us. He is not worried of the people who are or lukewarm, who don't know Christ because he knows that they're already in his that his team. So when people are getting close to God, they they come, uh, they move in one direction and they go back to direction. Like you see, things are going bad, things are going wrong, and that's when you realize that you are in a warfare, right? Because you said it's all in the dream, the the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness in the dream. So, yeah. so how you can. Uh, uh, how can you fight this battle with, you know, this spiritual warfare? 
So no God good. has spoken, St. Paul has told in, in Ephesians 6.10 that you have to put the armor of God, you have to live a righteous life because that is one of the principles. Then you have to be, you have to have the word of God. That means every day you have to read the word and fill it, fill yourself with it. Then you have to have a relationship with Holy Spirit. Yes. And six things are there. And pray, pray in the spirit is the last one. But before going there, let me ask you this question, like a layman. We learned about all the authority stuff, right? Didn't Jesus uh, took away all the authority from Satan on the cross? Did he or not? He took. Yeah, he, he, took. took. he took, right? So when Jesus took everything, and in Philippines, um, 2.10, his name is above every other name. Which means his authority is now topmost. He's above the kingdom of darkness. When you said that we are in the team of Jesus. No, no, Satan. No, I agree. When we are the team, we are yeah. definitely with the team of Jesus, right? So why would the spiritual warfare matter? Like we are with the one who has the most authority. Satan has lost all his authority. Jesus said, some of my, some of the authority. No, he said all the authority belongs to you, by Jesus Christ. Yeah. Which means no authority belongs to anybody else. Which means yeah. no authority belongs to Satan and his minions. Then what You're is spiritual warfare? Hmm? Are you confusing me? Yeah. Yeah. So then so what is the spiritual? Warfare? Right. Spiritual warfare. I went through the spiritual warfare topic. I mean, there are many books about spiritual warfare, especially the Ephesians 6, the armor of Lord. I have a, I bought a big book. It was this thick. It talks about at least 100 pages about each, each weapon in that armor. Even after reading all that, I was like, okay, this is, I mean, we can read and write about all this stuff so much. But what is it practically? I was always confused. Right? If Jesus took all the authorities, Satan has no authorities, then what is the spiritual warfare we are talking about? How are we saying that Satan is, the reason why we are suffering, etc., etc., and what is Saint Paul is really saying there? Right. Maybe we should open it up as a forum. I would rather have everybody talk about this. Yeah, he he says though in that put on the armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Right. Is he fighting though? Is this guy fighting? No, he's just standing still. Just standing. And God, if it's a spiritual warfare, if we are involved in a warfare, we should be waging war. But I, I don't see any place, anywhere in that section where this guy is supposed to be fighting. They're saying just stand there. Yeah. Because he, there is one word you know, that says, be still and know that I am your God. Right. So most of the place, it says that be still. In another place, it says, whoever has entered Jesus Christ have entered the rest of the Lord. Which means they have ceased from, which also continues, they cease from the work. I mean, all these scriptures are so confusing. When I got really confused in the beginning. That's why I have a different take on the spiritual warfare now. And I'm very reluctant to talk about that and teach because it's it may not be the ones which we usually hear. So I want to like listen to everybody. We don't have much people today, but um, when we think about spirit, kingdom of darkness, what does come? What kind of emotion does it throw in your mind? Remember, our mind is the battlefield. Our mind is where the kingdom of God is. Our mind is where the battle is happening. So let's analyze ourselves. When you be honest to yourself, when you think of the kingdom of darkness and the spiritual warfare and all the issues which can I mean which we have heard read about what kind of emotion it comes to your mind yeah is it fear yeah right mostly it's fear at least sadness also. 90% sadness. people sadness. Maria said sadness yeah sadness some kind of negative vibe it gives us right either it's fear um, sometimes you get so alert and all that stuff. Mostly people are in fear that I cannot do that. I cannot do this. I should not do it. Satan is attacking me here. This demon is going to possess me here. 
But then I read in the Bible that we have given, God gave us a spirit of truth. Uh, specifically say, you didn't receive a spirit of fear, but mm -hmm. rather a spirit of courage. So anything which produces a fear in us, then I learned fear is actually faith. We talked about that, right? Fear is that something bad could potentially happen. That's fear. The definition of fear is that something could potentially go wrong in the future in our kid's life. So that's why we are afraid about our kid's future. Even our own future, something can go bad in our health, our family, our child's marriage. I mean, there are many things which we fear about and then we pray to God. But Bible says you can only please God by having faith. By faith, your prayers will be answered. But fear is opposite of faith. If, if our prayers are based on fear, it won't even reach the fruits. You, 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 you cannot get fruits. So the spiritual warfare, if it is in mind, we first thing, spiritual warfare is that we should be very alert in the thoughts which goes in our mind. I'm just talking about practical things. On an everyday basis, what is going on in my brain? It is different for each of us. Only we know what's going on. God knows for sure, but in this community, we only know. So personally, analyze what kind of spiritual warfare Satan is waging against me. If it is a fear, definitely it's not from God. So first thing in general, let me tell you, when you hear about spiritual warfare, never bring fear into picture. If fear is coming into your mind, we already lost. That's not from God. That's not biblical. That's not how spiritual warfare is defined. The war is between who? Kingdom of God and kingdom of darkness. Kingdom of God and kingdom of darkness. We don't wage war. We just, we just need to be on one side. We just need to stand. Where we stand matters. So it's not super complex. It's not super difficult. It looks really complex from the outward. But the actual basic thing is the war is waged for our souls and it is waged between Christ and the kingdom of darkness. Christ have all authority already and the other side is already defeated. They don't have any authority. So who will win? Definitely Christ will win. He already have won and cross. So what's going on right now is a defeated foe, a defeated kingdom, kingdom of darkness, is trying to attack Christ. But in order to attack anyone who is in Christ, they cannot just come, cannot come and then attack. They have to, I would say they have to find a loophole or they have to cheat us or make fools of us to make us think that we are inferior. To make us think that Christ is not enough or the other way around, you are not enough for Christ. So what they do is, the first of all, spiritual warfare, no matter what we learn, I see that people eventually in our brain Remember when we are, we all are fallen creations. We came to know Christ maybe in the recent years. So our mind is already being conditioned with many things, many beliefs. So Satan can really use such beliefs, keep it there, and then use it against us. So one of the major things he uses is the fear. Somewhere we heard that, okay, when you get into this kingdom of God, when you start preaching or working for the kingdom of God, you will be attacked you will be facing a lot of persecution. We don't know where it, but it's there. This teaching is there. We have heard, maybe we won't have experienced some people going through that. We have read books or stories and real things which we know. And we are already scared. Outside, outside we may not show that, but inside our, our mind, if there is such a belief, first thing, say no to that belief. That's where the spiritual warfare starts. How do we say, how do we get out of fear? Fear is usually based on a lie. So my kids, <laughs> Teresa and Isaiah, Teresa was really scared of darkness because I think they, she watched movies and all that stuff. And then 
in darkness there's monster right so she cannot go into a room if it if there's no light so one one day i said okay let's do something i really wanted to get, get to get out of that fear i remember i was very scared of dark rooms because when i was a kid i think my brother or somebody they were playing trick they put me in a dark room and then said there's ghost etc i got scared so I, i was scared for the room dark rooms for a long time and i didn't want my kids to have the same thing so i said okay you know what if i'm with you you won't be scared in the dark room right she said yeah that's fine if you start you are with me i'm not scared so i said okay let me go with you and let's sit in a dark room then she said no i really don't want to go to a dark room so i'm with you don't don't worry so i took her in a dark room we switched off all the lights and then she was scared initially she was hugging me and clinging to me she was very little okay like four years or something four or five years just barely speaking then uh, we started speaking i was telling her story we cannot see each other obviously but time passed by maybe 30 minutes one hour i was telling stories i was saying something else distracted eventually when you know right when you are in a dark hour people dilate and we can start seeing a little bit a little bit so i told see you can see now a little bit so over the time after spending one hour she became normal to that environment she came to know that there is nothing to be afraid in the dark it is true so i said okay now i was with you you entered in there nothing happened so i'm going to wait outside i will lock the door but i will be here i will be singing a song just to make sure that i am there you just be sit inside so she did that and she was fine so step by step she came to know that there was nothing to fear in the dark what was and then she was not scared but i'm trying to tell you is that that was a lie but she had a deep belief in that lie and that was the root of the fear once she came to experience that the, there's nothing in there that was a knowledge which she got she got the knowledge that there's nothing to be afraid about or there's there's no monster in the dark she was not scared so a fear in our mind would have a root a lie i would say or a knowledge which is not truth a truth that's why jesus said i'm sending you the spirit of truth when you know the truth you will be free so until you don't know the truth we will be enslaved by that knowledge remember if it's a spirit of it's a lie lies also a knowledge which is not real so here in the christendom we have a knowledge or somehow uh, this knowledge has come into our mind that when you get into the ministry of the kingdom of god you will be attacked satan will try to i uh, focus on you and your family will be in attack every time you will be in focus uh, you have to pray in psalm 91 all the time that kind of stuff so that's a knowledge maybe say half truth but that will enslave you if it is not really the truth that's how it happened to many people so they live in fear so i know people who every day morning they will read psalm 91 and then start it's a good habit but one day he forgot to read psalm 91 an accident happened and they're like oh my god i knew this is going to happen because i forgot to read psalm 91 i don't know which god they are praying to because my the no god i know the father i know he will be there even if i didn't read the psalm 91 he doesn't look at my merits he know that i am a sinner he know that i am in fear i, I cannot remember all the stuff i'm a fallen being and he is next to me when i fall before i fall he will catch me even if i didn't call him that's a loving father that's the god i know i have experienced that every time but this line which was in that good person thinking that okay i have to read psalm 90 there's some power in psalm 98 if i don't do that then something else. that knowledge which was a half truth enslaved him so i don't want any of us to be in that state that's why i was delaying the spiritual warfare topic a lot because it's not the normal spiritual warfare so coming back to the question then what exactly is spiritual battle the spiritual warfare do we need to be afraid how do we live in the right way so that this battle can be win so remember this is a battle between jesus and the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness so if you are in the kingdom of light 
in in the gospel of john says the light was coming to earth the, there was darkness but darkness never could conquer light so even in natural world you can see that you don't wipe out all the darkness and then bring light the moment light is there darkness cannot come into picture it has to hide behind had to run away so if we are in the kingdom of light there is no war okay first point if we are standing in the kingdom of light completely you don't need to be afraid about any enemies because they cannot get in they have to go through christ to get to you because you are in light they have to remove the light and then to get to you which is not possible but the darkness will never come near you but if they manage to make you step out of this light into the kingdom or make you to step out of the kingdom of light then they have a chance so now you are outside the shadow of the most high then none of those promises will matter because when we make a choice when we make sure that we are in the kingdom of light satan have no choice because we are in complete authority of lord jesus christ who has all the authority he has complete victory he has defeated the foe. so there's no there's no need to be concerned at all you will be 100% protected you don't even need to worry you don't even need to pray in the sense like you are already with god that's like saints that's how saints were like all those miracles i don't know if you have read about saint francis he is francis is francis i think so they he was poisoned usually he takes a walk and this restaurant guy he wanted to kill francis is for whatever reason so he poisoned the chicken curry which the chicken whatever fried chicken given to francis but he he didn't even he didn't even know he was just like always he has the habit of blessing the food and then eat so he was blessing the food and the moment that chicken fry became a real chicken and it flew away from his plate right so and then the restaurant guy restaurant owner was like oh i'm really sorry he fell on his um, on francis and said okay I'm, i tried to kill you but this proves that you are a man of god and he forgives him and moves away it's not a big deal for him so that's how the people who live in the kingdom of light lives so god will protect them no matter what happens but right now if we are facing a lot of issue know that we have on our own accord stepped out of the kingdom of light and we made we exposed ourselves to the kingdom of darkness then they can act so that's what the that's what the biggest thing we need to understand so now we need to come back and understand some kind of related to the topic the homework which we did how do we expose ourselves to the kingdom of darkness because he they don't have any authority the all authority belongs to christ so how do they get authority then because we know that we in catholic church we have exorcism so truly people they will sometimes get hold of people and overpower them so ritual you know very rarely very rarely they have to do exorcism then we have a confession in confession what happens definitely we know that the power of darkness is been broken in confession that means the power of darkness is able to conquer in many areas of any of a person of a christian so definitely this kingdom of darkness is managing somehow to get authority or people then it goes back to the principle we learned in the bible we got to go back to the teachings in the bible anyone who sin is a slave to sin do you remember that verse yeah. we have discussed it many times jesus jesus himself said anyone who sins is a slave to sin which means every time when we sin we are giving the power or the authority over us in that area a little, a little bit authority to whoever is creating controlling that sin or remember the spiritual i think we defined the spiritual principle when you give up yourself willingly to somebody don't you know that they become the master of you this was the verse which we discussed i think st paul said it i don't remember the exact bible verse but if you can post it that will be good that's a homework 
So that's the spiritual principle Satan uses or the kingdom of darkness uses. So there's a spiritual law. If we willingly commit to a particular authority, you, you are handing over the power. So Satan and the kingdom of darkness had only one way to get to the people who believes in Christ. After Christ came and crucified and all authority was passed on, was conquered by Christ, the strategy completely changed. For the last 2,000 years, if you really want to look back, what happened in this world in 2,000 years? You can see that if you read the history, many many kind of advancement happened. And right now we are in the technological IT revolution. In the book of Daniel, it says in the end times, the knowledge will be increasing like anything. So now Satan is trying a different strategy the, the, or the only strategy which will work for him to get people from the kingdom of God is to buy making them do things where we will hand over certain power to them and then they can use that power. And he needs to also make sure that the people who handed over those power are unaware that the power has gone to them, gone to the kingdom of darkness. Only then he can. Because the moment we come to the awareness that there is something going on, uh, I by doing a certain act, I have taken the power from Christ and I'm willingly giving to the other side. We will come to the awareness when we know that truth. We will go back to Christ and he can always set us free. This enemy knows that. So they have created a world, a world order. From the very beginning, from the very birth, we are conditioned in our mind to believe many lies. Unfortunately, many, most of the people, like 90% in the world, are being going that highway where they don't really know that Christ is real person. Christ, believing in Christ have real consequences of our life. We are being called. We are being specially picked. We have come to that light in various degrees. So once we understood that this is real, now we need to learn more. Just like Teresa Kuti, Teresa learned that there is no monster in the darkness. By understanding, by knowledge, by experiencing it, and then taking out those emotions, taking out some bad beliefs, changing the lifestyle, changing our perspective about certain things, that's how we progress. So first of all, we need to know that this is the truth. Are we really, really sure that whatever we learned, Christ have all authority and everything in the physical world is controlled and defined in the spiritual world? If that truth is sink deep in, that should change the way we live. That should change the way uh, my attitudes, change my behaviors, change my friendship, change the way I look and perceive about my life. Has that happened? If not, whatever we learn is just head knowledge. It hasn't gone in deep into your heart. Right? We've been learning all this stuff from for one year. What change, what, what impact did it make? If it didn't make any impact, other than the head knowledge that we can claim that we know a little bit more uh, intellectually about the kingdom of God, that won't, that won't stand against the kingdom of darkness. And they don't want really to sing. I mean, from, from your mind, somewhere I read it, the biggest distance is from your head to your heart. Because we know a lot of things in here, but it doesn't go in here, in into our core being. And the heart means like the way we live, the core beliefs how to change. Are we still in fear of spiritual warfare? Then that area is not redeemed to Christ yet. We still believe a lie. Um, so once we know this truth, how do we... Okay, now we know the basic principle. How do we let kingdom of darkness invade our space, which should have been sealed into the kingdom of light? By our... What? By our thoughts, by our actions, by the things which we fail to do. That's why we confess like that, right? In our confession, we, we know that the act of contrition, etc., we will... 
or we say we have sinned against you, Father, in our thoughts, in our actions, in the things which we fail to do. So all those things are not just a prayer. It's actually the reason why maybe in some certain areas we are suffering or maybe our kids are suffering or maybe the coming generations will suffer. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about our own generations, our kids, grandkids. Because the tricks the kingdom of darkness plays, once they have authority, let's say they gain some authority in a person's life because of his actions, but they will not act immediately. They will wait for the opportune moment. They will wait for the opportune moment to act. It's more like a seed. A seed will germinate in their different seasons. Same way, the kingdom of God and kingdom of darkness, they copied everything. They have to work on the spiritual principle laid out by God. So everything they have gained also will be acted opportune moment. It's more like a seed. Kingdom, word of God is a seed. Same way, a word against the kingdom of God also will germinate at certain points. For example, when we go for, this is real practical things which we have seen when we go for retreats you know, for the youth here primarily in U.S. And Raji brother can attest to this. He has traveled a lot and he has seen this a lot. And anyone who is in the kingdom of God, uh, preaching, etc., using the gifts of the Holy Spirit, will tell, tell this. Anything which will happen, for example, a child who was abused when like five or six years by somebody, when the effect of that abuse by the other person or went through a trauma, this child went through a trauma at five years old, six years old, that will sprout when maybe then when they are teenagers or when they are in the marriage stuff. So when we pray and when Holy Spirit reveals some certain things or when we go back, backtrack, we will find the root. The root was sometime in their infant time and when they were toddlers or maybe in the early school years, they went through a specific issue and now it's manifesting as a different way. For example, sometimes they get addicted to pornography later in the stage. But the root is somewhere else. They are trying their best to get out of it, but it's not going away. But then the seed was planted somewhere else. We had to pluck the seed, pluck the roots sprouted from that seed. Same way, even some uh, sickness will have roots in totally unexpected areas which they went through or somebody else did to them. So know that everything which we do, everything which we speak, in the Bible it says every word you speak, you need to give an account in the eternity. So it's not it's not a simple thing. Once we understand all this truth, if it has sinked into your deep core, then you need we need to understand this is the reality. When we wake up in the morning and until we go back to sleep, whatever we do, whatever we speak, whatever we think, whatever we see has an implication. It can make you, it can break you, it can change, it can destroy. It's all up to us. So we become really alert. Once we know this truth, we should, a wise person, I would say, would really be alert about this stuff. We don't. We are not reading and figuring out all this not to get a PhD, right? We are not planning to get a PhD or a diploma. I'm not going to. I cannot give anyway a master's in theology after this class. No one will value this lesson that you attended Zoom session with Joe. Nobody cares. They will like who is this Joe? And rightly so. So we, our, we, the reason why we should attend this is to have an impact in our life first of all. We need to understand this. Kingdom of darkness, kingdom of light, kingdom of Jesus Christ is real. And everything is done in the spiritual world first. And everything we do in the physical world will impact spiritually. Whether it is the right way or the wrong way, it's up to us. We, we didn't have this knowledge. And most people doesn't have this knowledge. In their ignorance, they just go by uh, the way. It's not an intentional life. There are different ways to live, right? Um, it says the intentional life is the best, which means you already know you are doing everything on an intention. You have a goal. You have a purpose in life. And every day you wake up and you work towards that goal.
so you are structuring your day in, a, in such a way that you will progress to that goal you are disciplined that's an intentional life and another way to live is you wake up and something happens you just react so it's more like you didn't you don't plan anything something happens okay you just okay morning you switch on the tv just watch it okay kids are crying let's take care of them okay let's me watch some movies and we watch some netflix it's random just go by the flow that's what most people do but that kind of life is not suitable for spiritual person if you want to advance in this because that's like a lukewarm like rightly mentioned by veranachi if you are lukewarm oh yeah i believe in christ i am i'm not going any bad stuff let me just go by the flow i'm not going to behave badly to anyone that kind of life you will not prosper it's not a fruitful you don't you won't produce fruit so from next day onwards if someone comes to know christ if that person gets up in the morning and figure out a passion, figure out a goal in his life for the kingdom of god and start working towards it align his life and his lifestyle to that that person will be mightily powerful in the kingdom of god such persons is what god is looking for and we all are capable of that we all have that potential he is looking in the potential he doesn't look in our current state whether we know the spiritual truth whether are we sinners are we in bondage are we in addiction he doesn't care about all that he is looking into the potential eagerly waiting for his seed the word of god which we have learned all the years to sprout and come back so in 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 all reality the spiritual warfare will end when you know the complete truth so every day if you add to the truth you already know you are winning the spiritual warfare i will put it like that so until then things will keep coming but always remember god is in control god is always in control he will not let the kingdom of darkness come and destroy you if you are still with the with god he will even use the spiritual that darkness he will he will try to use that darkness the force of darkness to bring something good out of you that's why temptations are always good trials are good it will show how much we know the truth how much we have progressed in the spiritual life so in in those moments uh, the same the the very weapon enemy is trying to use against us will be our boosting factor we can convert it like that it's all up to us it's very simple it's hard to do but it is very simple it's our it's our mind so never have any spirit of fear never have any spirit of fear against the kingdom of darkness that's rule number 1 so the moment we write it the moment we try to do that they will try to instill fear on you fear in you if it is true i mean if this all things is true the strategy of the enemy is that will that be exactly that the moment we learned that today we discussed so you will see occasions where exactly opposite will be fed to you they will try to bring fear into you do not be afraid right know that i am god and be still that's why every day we need the armor of god we are fallen beings we cannot just say that okay i'm i'm full of power with christ i understand all this stuff i don't i don't I'm not going to do any sin we are fallen nature so second thing we need to acknowledge i'm a sinner i have 100% possibility that i will sin today that's our nature okay i'm not a spiritual saint or anything like that we will never be joe is a sinner and i have 100% potential if given a chance i will run to the darkness because i am in a fallen nature not my spirit but my body and mind uh, as long as i am living in this world have complete potential to sin third thing it's up to me whether where to stand 
So, so you, to, you can stand in the kingdom of darkness or you can stand in the kingdom of light. The choice is given to you. That's why Bible says God is presenting you with both death and life. Choose life so that you can live. You always have that choice, right? Even in the kingdom, uh, he, God always gives you the choice. He doesn't dictate. So let's say today when we are in this call or any day, we came came to understand this truth that in certain areas of this in our life, or in our parents' life, or in our we we have been impacted by the kingdom of darkness, or we are letting the control continuously be given to the kingdom of darkness. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid because Jesus Christ, we have a mediator. We have the high priest who is still shedding his blood so that all these areas can be cleansed. But we need to willingly go to him and give up all those areas to him that the power of Satan will be taken away. So that happens in the confession. That's why we had to go back to confession every time. Recently, there was this Insta reel going around saying, this exorcist priest saying, confession is more powerful than exorcism. Exorcism makes that person cleaned up and bring back to the, so that he can receive confession and properly. So confession, know that the bondages Satan has put on our life will be gone if we truly repent and go back and confess. So that's one lifestyle we have to follow. Because we are fallen beings, we can go back to sin. So having a routine of going to confession, let's say every two weeks, it's a good thing to start. I mean, that's a one small thing, one small step. Uh, and then obviously learning about how do I live. I would say don't worry about too much. Just take one 24 hours and figure out how you are going to live that 24 hours in the kingdom of God. You can think of this armor of God as something when you, when it's very hard for us to think all this stuff, remember all this stuff. Our normal nature is get up, brush our teeth, take care of all the safe, and go to work. So try to figure out ways you can remind yourself. Like when you get dressed up, basically when you're getting dressed up for the office, ask yourself, did I dress up in spiritual realm? Did I put on my armor in the spiritual realm? Just keep that in mind. Somehow relate to that. Correlate to that. That's an easy way to remind yourself. Then, then you have to learn about the armor. The armor says you have to wear the... What is the armor, Chichi? Breastplate. Breastplate. The breastplate of righteousness. Yeah, helmet. Right. Then the sal helmet of salvation. Then there is... Of the the belt of truth, right? Then and that's the word, which then is the word. Faith, the the word. word of God, which is the sword, sword of, the of spirit. spirit, and then you have to take the shield of faith. You have to wear and the sandals for the gospel, readiness for gospel, right? That's it. And pray in the spirit. Does it say there? It's it part of the armor. Eighteen. No. 18, yeah. Okay. So all this armor stuff, who is our righteousness? Jesus Christ. Yeah. Right. So St. Paul is trying to give them a lesson based on uh, based on something they knew at that time because Roman soldiers were marching around all over and they have seen them wearing this armor and their armor is the same stuff what he's explaining. So he's trying to relate or in a, in simple language, in common man's language, how you should be looking at Christ. So he's saying breastplate of righteousness, right? Our righteousness is Christ. We don't have any righteousness in ourselves. So first of all, understand that you are a sinner. Yes, you are a sinner, but you have been redeemed. You are completely in right standing. Righteousness means you are in the right standing with God because of Jesus Christ. So don't have that guilty consciousness. You are already righteousness. You have all authority in Christ. You have been washed, cleansed. And so you have the breastplate of righteousness. That mentality, all the stuff, when we say are wearing the stuff, it's in, in your mind. You have to remind yourself, Christ is my righteousness. Then what's next? The helmet of salvation. 
So you are being already been saved. Your salvation is already being sealed. You have an eternal life. That perspective is what I should be doing. I don't need to be worried too much about this earthly life today. Whatever happened, God is with me. I'm, I'm made for eternity. That's where my end goal is. My salvation is already sealed. So don't worry about all those silly things in the earthly life. Just be happy that you have been given one more day to live. Let's do it right way. Then the belt of truth. Always remember, Jesus said, I am the truth. So again, pointing back to Jesus. Salvation is Jesus. We, we are not saved by our works. We are not saved by our good stuff, but because of Jesus Christ, your salvation. It's all pointing back to Jesus, all the armors. Then belt of truth. Uh, truth itself is Jesus. When you know the truth, you'll be free. When the sun sets you free, you are free, which A equal to B, B equal to C, which means truth is Jesus Christ. So remember that the truth, no matter what happens in your mind, all the issues which is bringing up, all the thoughts, self-talk which comes into our mind, all the issues in the office, remember this is all temporary. The truth is about Jesus Christ. So be joyful in that. Then comes, are, so, what are we going to do? Like you asked, like are we ready to spread the gospel, this good news that we have been redeemed. Always have that attitude that we should be willing, we should be surrendering our life for just for that part, gospel. Remind yourself that you need to figure out ways to spread this gospel. Then comes faith. So faith is the shield. So always remember, you need to have faith against, which will prevent the arrows of enemies. That's what it says. Which means, today, there will be struggles. There'll be issues at the work. There'll be many things which can go wrong. But always remember, take faith in Jesus Christ. Have faith in him. He is there with us. We don't need to be worried. Having that attitude. Having declaring the faith in the morning. That I am a child of God. I dwell in the shelter, in the shadow of Moses High. Nothing shall come against us. All the weapons which comes against us have already been defeated by my Lord Jesus Christ on that Calvary. Remind yourself all that. How that courage, that, that faith, that attitude is again in the mind. It's a mental attitude the way you are going to face the day. That's the armor of God. Then it also says, word of God. Definitely, you have to read the Bible. You have to get more into the word of God. And one special thing, that's the sword of the spirit. Remember, the sword of the spirit. It's not our sword. We are not in this battle. The battle is led by the spirit. That's the only offensive weapon in the entire army. The sword. That sword belongs to the spirit. But we need to give that hand over the sword to him. Which is word of God. If we don't dwell in word of God, if we don't read Bible, if we are not giving more and more importance to the word of God, that battle will not be fought properly. Because this is a battle which happens in my mind. And my Holy Spirit inside me have to wage this war. I need to have, I need to be equipped enough with the word of God. When we have more word of God, we have more truth given to Holy Spirit so that he can give you thoughts, give you courage, give you, remind you about this particular verse in this area when your manager is shouting at you. If we don't have that enough word of God, if we don't have, we don't know that your battle is not against flesh and blood, how, how would Holy Spirit remind you that, oh, you know what? Don't react. This is not against your manager. It's the spiritual battle is trying to wage through him to you so that you will be again reacting the same way as the world will be. Don't do that. If we know, if you don't know the word of God, if you don't know the truth, Holy Spirit will be unable to help you. That's why we need to read more scriptures, more understand those. So it's all practical things. So if we do that every day, you will. So in their armor of God is about reminding yourself that be in Christ. You are baptized in Christ. When you put on the armor of God, when that Roman soldier battalion is marching towards, like 2,000 Roman soldiers are coming, they all look alike. Why? They are in this armor. So if when their armor is about Christ, when you put in and we all put in the same armor, what? how do we look like? The same. We look like Christ. The enemy can only see a Christ marching to him. So make sure that you are wearing Jesus Christ as a dress. That's what St. Paul says. So in, in other words, simply put, 
always remember that you are baptized into Christ. You are put into that envelope. Christ, you are in Christ. Make sure you don't jump out of that. Do not do things which will break that seal and expose you to the world. If we have done something, immediately repent. Come back. Go into the envelope. Hide in Christ. How do we fight the spiritual warfare? Submit to God. Resist the devil. He will flee from you. So first thing, make sure you are in the envelope. Submit to God. Repent. Go back to the kingdom of light. Get back into Christ. And then resist the devil. He has to flee. Because put him, put on the armor. Then you are in Christ. It's again a mentor picture. Having the attitude to repent and go back to confession. Reading Bible. Reminding yourself of the authority you have. Etc. 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 And then wage the war. You just need to stand there. Then now you are the victorious guy. You will be able to wage this war for others. You can go around and then pray for others. You can heal people. You can... Because you are in Christ. You are a walking Christ. You are the walking temple of God. If we place accordingly. It's a choice. Once we are in that, it definitely is protecting us. The armor definitely protecting us. But always remember, a soldier is not really protecting him. He is fighting for his country. He is invading territories of the enemies. He is marching towards the hell. And the gates of hell will not prevail against us. It doesn't say that the spiritual... Number one thing about spiritual warfare, always remember... It's not spirit of fear. It's not a fearful thing. Who is afraid? Do you know who is afraid? The hell is afraid. Yeah. That's why the Bible says, when you march towards the gates of hell, it will not prevail against you. So it's not the hell or the, the kingdom of darkness marching against us. We are supposed to march to that. So that means we are in offensive. We are, we are invading them. We are invading the kingdom of darkness. And they are scared. And it will not prevail against us. So they have this great strategy against us now. Saying that we are being hunted. We are being hunted down. And you need to be afraid. Because they are so powerful. No. They have changed that perspective. That's a lie. The moment we understand this truth. And start living accordingly. You will see changes in our life. Just their mindset shift. Mindset shift. You will see changes in your life. Because... My, when you are strong in your mind about what you are in Christ, they cannot touch you. They cannot touch your family. If you are a father, if you are a mother, you have the spiritual authority over your house. They cannot come in. It's all here. Unless they can break it. So, let's, let's wind up. It's too late. So, today we are starting on a Sunday in Dubai. So let's wear the armor of God. Let's take away our all our fearful thoughts. Anxiety about tomorrow. Anxiety about something which is happening in your life right now. Whether it could be a health issue. So if it's about baby. Don't let fear conquer you. We have a spirit of courage. We have Holy Spirit. We are in the light. If we are in the darkness, let's come back. Repent. Let's go back. Let's close our eyes for a moment. Let's surrender our family to the cares of Christ. Let us all gather together. Let's focus into the cross of Calvary. In your mind, I want you to imagine a picture where you are standing next to Mother Mary and John, next to that cross where Jesus is being crucified. Bring your spouse, bring your kids. Bring your entire family, gather around that cross. See that picture. See that picture very clear in your mind. And see the blood of Lord Jesus Christ coming out of his heart. From his all his wounds. And let that blood fall upon each and every one in our family. On yourself on your spouse, in the unborn baby, on your children, let it go through their body, go through their mind. And it is the armor of God. It is Jesus himself. The blood itself is Jesus. And it's been covering 
all our bodies. We are being put into the armor of God, Jesus Christ himself. Surrender every area of darkness, every area of sin you have, every unrepented sin or the sins which you are struggling to get out of. Know that that sin is a lie, that addiction, that bondage is a lie. It doesn't have power over you. You have power over that sickness. You have power over that addiction. You have power over that behavior. It is a lie that it is mastering you. Lord Jesus Christ, we take authority in the blood of Lord Jesus. And we break and we rebuke everything which is controlling us. We only have one master in our life. We have one master in our family. It is Lord Jesus Christ. So Heavenly Father, according to the name of Lord Jesus Christ, by his authority, we declare today we are being freed from every enslavement. We are redeemed from every sin. We are redeemed from every sickness. We are redeemed from every addiction. We are redeemed from everything which is worldly in us. Every craving to please this world and please our friends. We are giving up all that. We declare that from today, the time we have in this earthly life, we give it back to you, the kingdom of God. We give it back just like that small child which gave whatever he had to you when you multiplied it. So our days will be multiplied, Father. We claim this. We will, Our days will be multiplied. Our sickness will be gone. Our youth and vigor for you will come back and we declare that we will see mighty things happening in the kingdom of God, in our family, in our life. We declare we will be healthy. We declare our kids will be healthy. We declare our children will not go through any accidents. We we'll declare our children will prosper in financially. They will prosper in their health. They will prosper much more in spiritual nature. Father. And we declare they all will stand for you. They will wear the armor of God. They will go to nations and proclaim your word of God. When we pray and when we preach, when we pray in spirit, when we pray and declare the things of God, mighty miracles will happen. Father, right now, as we speak and pray, we know that miracles are being happening. We are being, uh, we are casting out the spirit of death. We are casting out the spirit of accident. We are casting out the spirit of fear from all our life. You don't have any more authority over our life, our family, or our generation. We are casting out every generational curses. We are casting out every sickness from our life. Every genetic diseases, every cancer, neural issues, any other stuff which is being passed on from generations to generations in our family, we right now take authority and by that blood of Lord Jesus Christ, which is flowing through our family right now. It's all been taken away. It's all been destroyed and nullified. Today, we all are a new creation in Christ. We declare this. Our businesses will be blessed. Our finances will be blessed. Our health will be blessed. Our plans for our life will be blessed. Our spouse will be blessed. Our kids will be blessed. We declare and we claim this in the mighty and wonderful name of Lord Jesus Christ. From today, let us see your glory, God, in every area of our life. Our studies will be blessed. Our exams, our courses, our admissions, our future jobs, our doctorates, everything is being blessed and sealed and we claim it in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. In the mighty and wonderful name of Lord Jesus, Amen. 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 The Lord and thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.